De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we, members of the Revenue Generation, share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss everything you need to know about revenue operations. Joining us is Natalie Furness, who is the CEO at RevOps Automated, which is a master of scale builder of revenue growth engines and self-confessed data geek. RevOps Automated is the HubSpot partner consultancy on a mission to get every ounce of value out of the HubSpot ecosystem. Yesterday, Natalie and I talked about annual RevOps study findings, and today we're going to continue our conversation to discuss where to implement RevOps first. Okay, here's my conversation with Natalie Furness, the CEO at RevOps Automated. Natalie, welcome back to the podcast. Great to be back, Doug. Okay, I'm going to guess here that it's pretty uncommon for an organization to have zero RevOps presence. Yesterday, you talked quite a bit about how silos typically exist, MarkOps, SalesOps, CXOps. What's your typical starting state for your clients when you're looking to implement RevOps? It very much depends on the size of the company, Doug. I mean, most companies that are turning over two to five million a year will have some form of revenue operations kind of function moving in, particularly in the US. Not so much in the UK, actually. It's still relatively a relatively new term over here. So people are still asking me, you know, what is RevOps over here? So yeah, it's pretty much a case-by-case basis. We start with doing an audit on understanding how they're managing their people, processes, and data across the organization. And then really, it's all about finding that point in which you're going to make the biggest impact with the smallest effort, really, right from the beginning. So every company is different. Most of the time, revenue operations is implemented best first in the inner funnel closest to the revenue generation, which tends to be in the sales space. So that kind of inquiry to quote to deal closed, that's tend to be where we tend to start. And then we'll move into the outer funnel and then we'll move across into the increasing the lifetime value of the customer in the customer success space. So you're starting with the buyer's journey. Typically, it sounds like there's snippets of operations existing in the organization. I also think it makes sense probably, Natalie, that they've made a decision that RevOps is really important. In other words, they've established the value case for you as you're coming in. And so as you're starting off, typically you're starting with SOPs, if you will. What does that look like when you're starting with a sales ops organization? You know, are they typically in a spot where they've got CRM installed and they're like, eh, help us out, Natalie, what's next? Typically, if we are starting in sales ops, we will look at the CRM. We, we specialize like wholly on HubSpot. So I can't speak for any revenue operations specialist that works on Salesforce, for example. But we've really niched down into the massive market for HubSpot. 
a lot of the time I'm looking at these customer journeys from where maybe someone completes an inbound form or a demo form. And I'm kind of looking at how little information is captured about these customers, you know, right from the beginning. I'm looking at the way in which the deal stages are mapped or not mapped and the points in which a customer should exit from new lead to qualified lead to exploratory call booked to band qualified to demo booked to scope made to quote done. We're looking at all of these stages and most of the time there is a not any clear data that's captured at each stage so that we can start assessing things like time spent in stage and you know looking for bottlenecks in the process a lot of the time there'll be really simple things like there's no contact attributed to the deal and what that means is we can't actually calculate the cost of customer acquisition because we can't even tie it to the lead when it was first created like to start with it really is looking at that data and going What's missing that needs correcting now? The next stage is to look at what's missing that would make our revenue reporting better full stop. You know, that's when we start looking at how are we tracking specific items that are people buying? How are we tracking if it's one-off revenue or monthly revenue? How are we tying that back maybe to the fintech system so that we can actually look at, yes, great, these deals are one, but people paid for them because you know that's pretty important a lot of the time we don't have that sort of data coming into the the crm system and then yeah building out reporting a lot of what we do at the beginning is auditing putting in place the data structure that's going to actually be required to provide the reports which give the revops team the insights to be able to implement better revops and then talk to me about the buyer journey and how much you're having to kind of lift people's understanding of their buyer's journey when you're starting out, Natalie? So for people who sign up for a RevOps strategy with us, we actually run a series of three workshops with them to understand what their customer journey is like. We start with, as we mentioned, the, the data points and what their ICP is, ideal customer profile. And then we move on to the second workshop, which is focused very much on that buyer journey from the moment that they become first aware of the brand to the moment in which they become a lead and then a marketing qualified lead, sales qualified lead, customer, and then hopefully a referrer and an evangelist. And what we're finding a lot of the time is that people aren't even really sure how to define what a lead is versus a marketing qualified lead and a sales qualified lead. Pretty fundamental. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that that's like something that we should all have, but I think we, because we all think we should all have it, we just take it for granted and just assume that somebody's defined it. So a lot of the time what we're spending doing at the beginning is really defining what these stages are in the customer life cycle and getting everybody to commit to the same definition and not a wishy-washy subjective definition, but a truly data-backed objective. I will truly be able to know based on the CRM data when this person moves from a lead to a marketing qualified lead to a sales qualified lead 
to an opportunity and will have very strict rules of when that happens. That actually tends to be one of the hardest, longest bits, actually, of the work we do. So Natalie, quite a bit of inbound for you in terms of servicing clients. We talked about better understanding of the buyer's journey for inbound. I also know that outbound is an important part of your business. How much of what you're doing is about that inbound piece and how different is RevOps implementation outbound versus inbound? Great question. I think for me, I don't necessarily see things as inbound and outbound anymore when I think about RevOps. I think about things as demand generation. Like, and actually these days we kind of look at them as the same function in RevOps. So I see things as demand generation and revenue conversion. So revenue enablement, that point in which you're converting revenue and then success. They're focused on like the upsells, the cross sells. So in the demand generation space, we can have inbound and outbound and I am seeing a mixture. Usually if a marketer in the space comes to us, like a CMO or a head of marketing and asks us to like optimize the outer stage of the customer journey, then we'll focus more on that inbound approach. If somebody who's the head of sales comes over to us, it's usually because they want an SDR pipeline built so that they can better manage leads and reach out to customers and focus on time spent in stage in the sales pipeline. So it really does depend on the on the type of leader that comes to RevOps Automated. That's the main differentiator. Okay, that makes sense. And Natalie, the best bulk of your client base is there in the UK. And it sounds like it's very inbound, very outbound focused. How much of ABM are you seeing and how much of the flywheel are you seeing in the UK market these days? That's interesting. Only 50% of our clients are in the UK at the minute. So we're pretty well spread. We're spread across UK, Europe, America, Canada. That's mainly where we are at the minute. But in terms of ABM, I don't think people here are familiar with the ABM term as much as I'd like to think they are. But there is a lot of practice focused on ABM. Like even if they're not calling it ABM, it's really focused around how do we wire an account and how do we increase penetration into that account? So like, you know, how do you reach like 10 or 20 people at the same account and focus on different marketing messages for different roles, different personas, so that you can improve the conversion rates? Because we all know, uh, you know, larger businesses, you're going to have like five to seven to sometimes even more stakeholders making decisions for a business. So we do have to put out content and revenue enablement materials, sales enablement materials that focus on specific job titles in accounts. And then talk to me about lead-centered models versus account-centered models. Lead-centered models still more pervasive than account-centered models? I'm not sure if either of them is more common if we think about this, like from a point of can you, you can't really send communications directly to an account. So we're always going to be sending our communications to a human being. So I try not to get people to focus on the importance of the business account when you're communicating. We should still focus on human beings when we're communicating. 
The question is more from a strategic level. When you're building out your list of leads, should you be focusing on 10 or 20 key accounts and therefore five, six, 10 people each attached to that account and getting your salespeople to focus on those, which I believe we should be? Or should we be focusing on 25 accounts with one person at each account? I mean, I don't think that's very effective because you're not going to get high account penetration with that and the conversion rates are going to be much, much smaller. So really, if people are moving towards an account-based marketing and sales approach, they really should be because it's much more effective. Yeah, I agree, Natalie. And I think that it's a lot easier to conceive of and manage that inbound funnel, which is something we've been doing for so, so many years. That account-based model is much more difficult to pick up and make changes towards. So Natalie, really enjoy the conversation today. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Natalie Furness, CEO at RevOps Automated, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Natalie and I are going to discuss agile implementation of RevOps. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, shame on you. Head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the RevGen podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.